It's time for the Team Bear Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Team Bear Sports Podcast, the only sports podcast that covers Chicago sports and actual bear news. Uh, and we came, we're coming into this week just demolishing the Las Vegas Raiders, winning in Vegas, which seemed like a home game. I mean, I wasn't there, but it just seemed from the crowd and hearing and seeing on social media that it was full of Bears fans. So, uh, Good to see it going into uh, going into the Vegas game. We got our revenge from the, the London game a few years ago. And we got their coach to get fired. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> any emails or anything like that. It was just the Bears flexing on Vegas. Khalil Mack gets one last revenge game and then John Gruden decides to hang it up. You love to see it. You love to see just coaches resigning because of how good your team plays. You know what sucks is Mack only got credited for one sack. He had, a, he had a monster game. Oh, yeah, he, oh, did. Absolutely. he did. But that sack on the second down or the two point conversion technically doesn't count, which is like, oh, that kind of sucks. Yeah. We all know. We all know. I yeah. mean, that, that stopped their momentum. Absolutely. And th- this Sunday was great. Not only did the Bears win, but we had we celebrated our son's birthday party. His birthday's tomorrow. So happy birthday, Hayes. So we had his birthday party. And. The third best thing that happened on Sunday is we upgraded from a Keurig single cup. We went full pot. We're a full coffee pot household now, and it's been the great one of the greatest things that's ever happened. In this I house. yeah, I, I we go full pot, and that's uh, that's non-negotiable. Yeah, it, after go after going like just filling in filling my cup, and then knowing that there's at least two more cups of coffee available to either me or my wife, it was it's great, it's glorious. I don't know why. I, we ever thought Keurig was great. We were trying to limit our caffeine intake, but you got to go coffee pot. Coffee pot household is the way to go. I don't drink speak, coffee. Uh, speaking well, of fucking being, weird, that's why. Yeah, he's a weirdo guy. Speaking of being surrounded, I was at the the Cardinals 49ers game. Holy moly, it was like almost like a 49ers home game. We were surrounded by 49ers fans. Oh, you you were, you were at the game? Yep. I, and. And you a saw bull- a slug. You saw a slug out. I mean, yeah. that was more low scoring than the Penn State Iowa game. Yeah, and I was a, I successfully avoided spoilers. Put my phone on D and D. Literally didn't look. There was a guy who saw my backwards uh, uh, Bears hat, and I just la 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 la. Anytime that there was a, anytime there was someone reading the scores off, I didn't look at the scoreboard once. I just looked at the field the entire time. That's almost impossible to avoided do the Bears. Uh, avoided, avoided the Bears scores, and literally the only thing that was said was there was a guy that was like I was laughing with because he was a 49ers fan, and he just kept yelling like face mask. That was a face mask, like as a joke or whatever. And then there was a face mask, so I was like, "You got your face mask," and then he was just like, "Oh man, you're Bears." And then I was like, "La la 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 la." I said, "No no no," and then my my wife was like, hey, you know, he's trying to avoid this, the spoilers or whatever. And the way he said it, the way he was saying it, it it, it sounded like really like because he was kind of an asshole. So I thought I'm like, oh, here we go. We're getting absolutely killed. 
like we're getting killed like you know like i'm just thinking we're getting killed and then so i was able to avoid it so i'm like it must have been weird because that was like fourth quarter of the cardinals game so he must have been like oh trying to like oh this guy's talking to me i'm going to compliment his team and then he just goes la 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 like i'm like no that's that's so weird i think about it because you didn't you didn't text us in the group or yeah say horrible things on text message i, and I just he must have i was like to, wow yeah. he is either drunk off his ass or he's stuck at a family party or yep i was able to do it and then i watched a recording and was able to watch the bears game it was a good time well and that's funny too that you were avoiding spoilers and it's not like it was like a 47 to 38 game where it was like your eyes are always on the on the field yeah. like you couldn't miss it but it was just like jackson said yeah. a slugfest you were Kind of like I'm sure you were tempted I, multiple I like, times. Just glance. I like a good old rock fight. Yeah, we were we were in the the you know hundred levels. So I just literally just did not look at like I wanted to know what Kyler's yards were because I have them for fantasy. So I was like, I'd ask my wife like, Hey, how many yards does he have? You know, like <laughs> I didn't look at the scoreboard the entire game. See, that's hard because NFL scoreboards are like the size of the entire stadium sometimes. I where Massive. we where we were at, there was no. There was like you could avoid it. Like you didn't. I didn't even have to like, like. There was nothing. The, the only thing that was in my peripheral vision that was like above my forehead a little bit was just Cardinal scoreboard a little bit. So that's it. I, I was able to avoid it. it Imagine tight. trying to do that at the Cowboy Stadium. I don't think you could because no. a, a quarter of that stadium was just screen. Yeah. And I really wanted to because the halftime show was the worst. It was the absolute worst, but I had to watch it because I was afraid to look anywhere else. What was what was the halftime show? It wasn't Frisbee Dog, was it? No, I wish it was Frisbee Dog. It was this guy who is like about Arizona Move or whatever. So like literally got up there with like a bunch of like 60, 70 year olds all across the field. And he got on a stage and like like doing like neck rolls and like how you can move in your office chair. So like he's trying to get everyone to get up and get like moving, you know? So like, and like, it was like, it was like it was an infomercial. It was, yeah, it, seriously. It, was like, it was like jumping jacks, but nothing like that, nothing like as strenuous as a jumping jack. So I would say like the like speed walking of like movements if you will so like nothing is even remotely like you just watched an yeah, infomercial nothing is even minutes. remotely like going to get your cardio up at all but like it's just like getting like literally like were there people in the stands doing it like family oh, people were doing it people were doing it knowing the nfl that's going to be the super bowl halftime show in the next five years That'd got be awesome. See, got to see a couple of fights. There's a big girl fight at the end. It was pretty great. Oh, man. You had it all. You had yeah. it all. A lot of 49ers fans where we were at. I um, could see that. I could see that. I mean, when when I went to the Bears uh, the Bears game two years ago there, holy moly. I mean, there's just blue everywhere. So. Not a bad sight to see. It's, it just – I and, and normally that's to be expected at a, at a – Arizona game, like you go to a Dimebacks game with Cubs or Dodgers, there's going to be way more Dodgers and Cubs fans there than the Dimebacks, right? But the crazy shit to me was just like, I'm like, this team's 4-0. and Like, now 5-0. and I'm like, how is this not just packed? How is there just like, I don't know, I don't get it. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was a lot. Say, it's good to have. Yeah, it's it was a lot. There was, there was a good amount of Cardinal fans, but like where we were at, I'd probably say – 
80% of the whole section from the field all the way to where you could get out was 49er fans. There you go. Well, there, the Bears game was definitely a little bit more exciting than the uh, Cardinals game, score-wise. Not much, but um, the Bears did improve to 3-2, and two, which is great to see. Second in the division. And as Jackson pointed out, if the playoffs are today, we'd be... We'd be in a wild card seed. spot. I think six seed. Yeah, we had the number one wild card spot, I believe. Correct. So are they still gonna no, be like? No, right, we'd be please, the second. For the love of God, if we somehow, and I'm not saying. I think we played camp in the first round. I got it, but I just please, I don't want to be in that Nickelodeon game. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's, that's like the field, field goal. of dreams game now. <laughs> the Bears are gonna be in the Nickelodeon game every year. Well, other than the just shivers that went down my spine when I thought Justin Fields was uh, injured with a hyperextended knee, I think the biggest thing that we can get from this game was how solid the defense looked. Uh, do you guys have anything to, to say about the defense and what they showed on the field uh, last Sunday? Yeah, it was probably their best game in years, I think. You know, it's on the road. It's, you know, the Raiders have been putting up points, but you know, they just were able to put pressure on car, which we talked about last week was, which is a big thing. You know, they gave up a couple, uh, you know, they got lucky on some pass plays or a few drops, but you know, that's football. I mean, those plays are always going to happen. Um, you know, they definitely had that bend and break, um, philosophy definitely in the, the first half, but, um, you know, Oakland really couldn't get going. If you you could say this about the Bears too, because the Bears got some lucky breaks on their first touchdown. But man, I mean that touchdown that the Raiders have shouldn't even have been on the stat sheet. Roquan Smith, that's not that's not pi. Like yeah, that's and, that was and, bad. And then there was, I mean, there was. I was very glad that I was recording the game and I could fast forward because I don't want to be that guy. But holy shit, there was a lot of flags. There was a lot of laundry. Yeah, especially in like the second and third quarter. There's a whole I mean, bunch. The Raiders had like a bunch of like two guys holding on one play. Well, I mean, you did call it. You said that I believe what's his name, Leatherwood. I think you called him out last week specifically. But yeah, the the defensive line just pretty much lived in the backfield of the Oakland Raiders, which was excellent to see. I know they're not a superb line, but that's it's great to see to have let's, Quinn let's your linebackers and Mac run and all those free. guys. Absolutely. And the fact that we played that well without Hicks. Yeah. Because you could say, I mean, look at the last two years. When the game after Hicks gets hurt, we always get, like, demolished. Yeah, and it was good to see. I know, like I mentioned, that the line wasn't very good. But it was great to see the Bears hold a, I'm not going to say prolific offense, but they have weapons. They got Jacobs and Carr and Waller and decent receivers. It's not like they stopped a JV team. It was good to see. Uh, them hold that offense to nine points, which gives us conf- gives me confidence and hopefully you guys confidence going into the uh, following game against Green Bay. Well, what's nuts is if you remember in the preseason and just what we've known from the Bears, we get we have historically and we thought this year we would have gotten absolutely torched by tight ends. And Waller, the best tight end we faced so far, didn't do anything against us. Yeah, he had, no, a, big, he had a big drop. Yeah, and I know we were talking about this after the preseason game against the Dolphins when Gusecki had, you know, five catches in a row or whatever it was. Uh, definitely great to see. And the one thing that I know we have on the uh, the notes right here is 
the running game, it was great to see that we had with Montgomery out, we were able to still pick up where we left off with Montgomery, not only with Damian Williams, but with Khalil Herbert, who surprised us with getting what 14 odd touches with 75 yards or so. Yeah, so he, he led the, he led uh, the team in running, um, you know, we kept hearing how good Herbert was in preseason and camp. You know, I think her, I won't be surprised if Herbert, you know, be, once Monty comes back, he could become that number two back. You know, he, I would not be surprised down the road if he keeps trending in the right way. Now, obviously he only played one game and now there's going to be game film on him, but I, I the guy falls forward. Yeah. Right? I was going to say, I just like, I just, <laughs> that's, just by looking that's at all him, you have to do is fall forward in the NFL. Just by looking at him, you and my, you know, very pedestrian analysis of it. I just like the way he runs. There's no, and comparing him to Tariq Cohen, like it's not cute. It's not cute. He just, like you said, falls it's, it's forward, smooth, runs though. hard, it's smooth. You yeah. Know? Well, think about it. I mean, besides your Khalil Mack, besides your Robert Quinn and your Roquan Smith. I mean, Roquan Smith has a moment every game now where it seems like we have you where you turn to whoever you're watching the game by and go, wow, we're going to have to pay him so much money. Uh, but besides those big guys, and then obviously, you know, your field and stuff, but man, this was a, this was a game dominated by some rookies and, or no names in the roster, which I think bodes well for our depth of our team. Jasper Horstead touchdown, Coyle Herbert, um, to, uh, Gibson on the D line. I mean, all these guys are contributing, and I thought that's pretty. I thought that's pretty nice to see bars out there doing. You know, always out there doing the uh, uh, sixty-four is eligible for the pass. Dude, he had a great play where they lined him up in that wing position on that third and one, and they just used him as an extra tight end. It's like, yeah, why don't you use your guard as an extra tight end to get that running momentum so you're not having a, not having him you know, like pull to make it a harder block. Boom. Set the edge right there. Get three yards. First down. Wilkinson played because the Fetty got hurt. Like all these guys are just coming in and plugging and playing. And I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. We have uh, what a podcast two weeks ago that says visor man out <laughs> guy rallied his team today. And honestly, this is not, I mean, overreaction just because it's one week, but he might be in a good spot here with his just head coach position. And maybe, you know, like they like him and they want to, you yeah. know, like he's got to fight for him. I mean, that's, that's some good, if your team likes you as a head coach, that is a great quality to have. And I, there, I forgot what it was. It might've been on, it was on some penalty or something like that, where rather than Nagy focusing on the next play and thinking he was just like John at the ref, like in his ear. No, even though yep. he knows his team like messed up, it was clearly obvious what it was. But just having like seeing that on the sideline, knowing that he's not worried about the next play or having to worry about organizing his offense, whatever, just getting on the ref's ass just shows that he is clearly a player's coach. He got on him after the Mar- Are you talking about after Mario Williams did that stupid play? After, yep, after yep. Mario Williams. Yep. He, like he, like I know he knows that he messed up, but like he's got his guys back, and that's something so, that's going to get those players here's the question. respecting him. Here's the question: Do you think he's a good head coach, just not a good play caller, or do you think the jury's still out? I it's, think the jury's still out, but it's trending upwards. Yes, that's the best way to put it. I mean, if we're looking like this and competitive in games, 
especially with this hard schedule, and we just look decent, and obviously the rookie I gets mean, but better. I don't, I don't know if this – I mean, the next two weeks are going to be tough, but, you know, you know, Pittsburgh hasn't looked overwhelming, and neither has the Niners, you know, like kind of hold your own, and maybe if you pull an upset off against Green Bay or Tampa, the schedule could open up a little bit. And it is the NFL. Well, look what we were thinking. We're thinking two weeks ago the sky's falling, and now we're saying good things about Nagy. We're saying good things about Sean Desai. We're saying good things about guys that didn't that didn't do anything last year, weren't even a part of the team last year, or get to really play. That's that's good football because right now this Bears team is they're in the playoffs. You know, give give Justin Fields this this year to learn and we're a 2022 2023 looking to make some noise because hopefully number 12 is gone kind of thing like there's good things to be said about this and again it could be overreaction because it's just one win but i'm seeing optimism with our with our guys with some guys that i think could be on the team beyond this year it's great to see like i know that the, the opponents we played the Lions, who are haven't won a game yet, and the Raiders, who are trending down. I mean, they were three zero to start the season. To to be where we're at now, coming out of that Browns loss, is just something that it's it's great to to have and great to see because you know it could have gotten way 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 worse. And you gotta win those that, games with all the hoopla gotta, and the drama after that. Like yeah, the fact that we're in a positive mood going into this Packers uh, week. You know, cr- credit to the coaching staff, credit to the players. They they got the wins that won that they should have gotten against Detroit. And, you know, an away win is a is a great win to get in the NFL. So credit to the players and coaches for stepping up and getting those two wins going into Packers week. And when I was watching the game, I thought of uh, our power rankings from a few weeks ago where it was like, what's something silly that, like, you like about an athlete or a player? We said, like, you know, facial hair on a coach or something like that. Something that I thought of, I love an offensive coordinator who wears like cheater glasses when they're reading the play sheet. No, if they got no glasses, I don't, I, it's something about it. They don't you like seeing like the right. bifocals or some shit. The bifocals just like staring down at their play card, just like, uh, you know, like a, I mean, Mike Martz is a horrible example, yeah. but I know <laughs> Bill Lazor was rocking them and I was like, he's going to call something good here. I like I that. Think, I think if you go down the stretch and you're in games and games that we think we're going to lose like this next week and the week after, but if you're in it to the fourth quarter and I think there's a legitimate shot that Nagy keeps his job and then maybe we just look for another play caller. Oh, absolutely. I think that depending on how, like you said, the season goes, that is definitely a viable option. Um, before we move on to the Bears versus Packers kind of breakdown, Justin Fields threw his first NFL touchdown to Jesper Horstead. It was great to see. I and hope that will... becomes like trivia one day. I'm sure, I'm sure it will. I'm sure I'll forget by the end of next year. Um, but it's great to see Fields developing and continuing to improve as a quarterback and getting used to being the starter of this team. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some things he's just going to have to work on. Like, he still holds the ball a little bit too much. And, like, he's got to protect himself when he runs. Like he took that hit in the ribs and that hurt me. I mean, he got welcome to the NFL rookie. I mean, that that was a design quarterback run play. I mean, and the guy yeah, was in but the right he had, spot. He made a wrong move when he should have probably, you know, you, you got to protect yourself. And yeah. he's he's got to get better at that. 
Um, cause like Lamar Jackson, he's able to run around and, you know, run for you. Oh, yards, I certainly but, don't think he's, he's as, but he gets out of bounds and he slides, you know, yeah. it's like, well, Joe Burrow's can't do out that. there getting like killed. So I'm like, it could be, it could be worse. It could be worse, but I don't want Joe Burrow. I want Justin Fields. Oh, so absolutely. Get the I, hell down. I'm just more impressed with him. I know the training wheels are still on him. And like you said, holding the ball too much. And, you know, he made why, that huge third down play, though. Yeah. That's, yeah. That why? Why are you? Why are you? so? Why is everyone mad at the statue, the 111 yards or whatever? When, dude, we're running for 150 plus yards a game. Like, keep running. Keep running. Yeah. The ball. Like, keep running the ball. And then all these clock, all, all these you know, no, none of the, this is such a bears take with our quarterbacks, but those 30 yard pl- pass interferences don't get, don't, don't get put on the statute either. You know what I mean? So we're not, you know, but as Jackson kind of just alluded to, like there's been two times this season, the last two games were fourth quarter, third quarter. We need this big third down. Trubisky doesn't get that. Cutler doesn't get that. Fields has gotten that. Six safeties and he and he finds Mooney in that tight window and just puts it. Oh, in. that was that throw was so good. Yeah, I mean that won the game right there. And plus, like when people are like, "Oh, the, the yard." It's, I mean, the only stat that matters is winning. And like when you run the ball and you run it effectively, I mean, one, you keep your defense off the field, yep. right? And the Bears, this, you know, what are we at though? Are we at the one third mark now the season? It's five five weeks and seventeen, so not quite there. We're, we're getting there next week. It's a mile, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Halfway through the game next week, we're there. But, you know, like, the defense has been on the field a lot this year. And I'm sure it felt great, you know, seeing those 9, 10, the, what, the touchdown drive they had was about eight minutes long. Mm-hmm. Dude, and if you're going to play a high-powered offense, not only are you taking up time, but you also adding a touchdown, not field goals. You know, in years past, they would have long drives, but they 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 would fuck up inside the five, like the ten yard line, right? They pounded the ball. You know, fields are going to keep each week. It's going to be a new test, a new quiz type of thing. You know, they're going to keep giving him more stuff. This is only going to be his third week with the starters, so yep. you know, if you, that's that is the recipe to beat the Packers if we do the to keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers hands and then get after him when he does have it and that's yeah I mean there's a lot but (laughs) yeah and like you were mentioning about the run game there was a quote that I heard from I can't remember the Chargers coach's name but it came from the head coach of the Chargers saying that like it's important to have to establish a run game and I'm hoping that we can do this against the Packers because it forces the defense to be physical and to actually tackle someone. Because, you know, if you pass the pass the ball 40 times and, you know, 30 of those are incomplete, no one's tackling, no one's putting a body on someone, or every single run play, someone's getting physical, someone's getting a tackle, someone's getting blocked. So I just hope to see that we can continue that and keep Plus that physical also, element to the game. Easier, it's easier for your linemen, too. Right. Yeah. Linemen want to go forward. They're already in a stance. They want it. You know, linemen, they want to run the ball because, you know, they feed off of it. If you have a running back who's getting four yards a pop, you know, one, you open up the playbook so much more. And, you know, they get their own momentum going. And, you know, it's easier to run back in the sense that because one allows the momentum to go forward when you pass block. You know, especially how good pass rushers are nowadays. You have to set back and, like, set yourself in a hand fight. Um you know, and like with fields, like, yeah, there's going to be days, I, I assume probably toward the end of the year where he's going to throw it 45 times, 
you yeah, know, there's, and that, there's, there's some, there's going to be a team that is not going to let us, if, if it's not the Packers next week, the Bucks will not let us get 150 in the ground. No, absolutely not. So he's going to have to pass it. So for Can't now, pass it. If, if teams are going to let us get 150 in the ground, we're going to keep taking it until, yeah, until it's it, it chew yeah. clock. Yeah. Until then, you know, then we'll see him air it out. But I think, you know, also, like you said, I mean, both of you have kind of alluded to this tiring down the defense and stuff where you, the, the Matt Nagy specials where we're running curls, pretty easy to tackle dudes when their back is to you. And it, there's no tiredness, everything like that. You're still gaining that four or five yards. Like, let's get it. I, I, I mean, wow, great for I mean, I, great for these two guys, Williams and Khalil Herbert, to show what it's like and maybe. I would like say, to see Herbert. I would like to see Herbert though in the passing game, maybe with like a screen and not a bubble screen, but an actual running back screen. You know, where they I you love bubble screens. I mean, um, Williams is more of the the pass guy, right? Yeah, but I think if William if. Herbert's the younger guy who's we expect to more up and coming things. He's going to have to learn how to catch the ball too. I just want to have both running backs when the, when they're on the field, there's always a threat that they can either catch or run the ball. Cause you know, when it was Cohen was on the field. Yeah. Or just have that. Cause when it was like, when you, when it was um, Howard on the field, you knew there was going to be no pass play to him. So you didn't even have to bother guarding him. Or now well, after, that, after that Falcons game where he dropped it on the one to lose the yeah. game, that was about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, well, if, if, and last thought, way too early take, if Khalil Herbert has a couple more games like this a year, do, you, do we even pick up Tariq Cohen's option? I wouldn't. I, I think that for a gadget player, he's like, he Khalil Herbert can do all the things that he can minus jumping out of a pool possibly. And run between the tackles. He's bigger, more physical. He's not going to be as injury prone. I think you got to let him walk if Phil Herbert shows that he can. And and that's where I guess Jackson is right on point. We got to see if he can, if he can, if he can catch and move. I mean, he was the uh, punt returner guy, so he's got to have special teams is weird uh, this week. That guy, he took it out like a couple times when we're like we're winning, dude. (laughs) This guy was just just a rebel without a care. I think it was just the fact it's like you know your first first day on a new team, you got picked up in the middle of the week, like you're just looking to like show you know you, you you're looking to show your dudes on the sideline like who you're about and it's like dude i don't need that from you like I mean, at all there was a play in the lions minnesota game where the lions kicked off after they kicked the field goal and it was abdullah he's he was a kick returner and he caught it like right the still edge. on the team he's no he's on minnesota now oh my god he's on minnesota and I know Minnesota won, but this was such a dumb play because, you know, two plays later they got the strip sack and, you know, uh, Detroit took the lead. But he catches the ball, like, right at the out-of-bounds. He's in bounds, but he's, like, a centimeter from being out-of-bounds. It's like, dude, let it go out-of-bounds. You get it at the 35. You don't even get up to the 15. Like, the thing that worries me about kick returners, like, if they want to drive too much, where it's just, like, let it go out of bounds or just take the touch back. Like, if you're not going to get out to the 25, was it really worth it? It's a lot of guys, it's their only time to touch the ball and make a play because they're yeah, not and the game on the field changed. for passing plays. And, yeah, and the game so has changed, right. But 
there's sometimes a kick returner will do something stupid and they're like, let it go out of bounds. Get the, get the more yards We're, we, our offense is barely struggling to get up to the 35 yard line. Yeah. It's, it's rare that, you know, and I, I know that I know I hate the Packers, but with like when Randall Cobb would make like a smart play, like put one foot out of bounds and touch the ball when it's on the, on the ground on a kickoff to get to the 40 yard line. Like you don't, you don't really see that anymore. It's either touchback oh, or yeah. they're taking it out. Uh, so speaking of special teams, the run game, uh, what are what are some keys to victory? And how do you think that the Bears can pull off this upset against the Packers? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, we've been saying if this they for can. a long time. You got to do it. To, the only way is what just happened last Sunday, running the ball and keeping it out of his hands. I mean, the thing is, the Packers defense always does play better against the Bears because the Bears offense is always bad. So we always would even like I hated the years where Green Bay was like last in the league in defense and they would find a way to get like four sacks and like three fumbles and two picks because how bad our offense was. They're going to they're going to stack the box. They're going to make the rookie throw. Yeah. And, and do you know what? That actually may not be a bad thing because the Packers secondary has not looked good. Oh, yeah. And especially Jair Alexander's out. So they have not looked good defensively, but, you know, it's not like the Bears offense is Kansas City Chiefs offense, you know, like one, they can't if they're going to have long drives and get in the red zone, you got to get touchdowns. I know it's cliche to say, but like I I get so tired of the Bears taking like a three nothing lead and then it's seven to three and then we don't get a stop. And then all of a sudden it's 14 to three. And it's like, well, that's game. Yeah, I I think the biggest thing for me is getting pressure on 12. I'm not expecting I'm not expecting any single point uh single point uh holding the packers to nine or ten or anything like that it's gonna they're probably gonna score 20 something points but the defense getting to rogers creating havoc possible turnovers which that's the one thing our defense has not been able to do is get that we have not been getting turnovers yet this year so maybe they're waiting for this game to get them all out but they're set they lead the league in sacks which is great but just yeah, some, we, we, we had a pick uh but I really think that besides getting to the quarterback, which is obviously your other cliche, we got to do something and and we have to have another some help for Vildor because Aaron Rodgers is going to attack 22. Yeah, especially seeing the wide receiver numbers that were put up for the Packers last week. You know, obviously it was Devonta Adams. It could be anyone with Rodgers. If, if Adams is on Vildor, we got problems. Oh, boy. He's going to throw that back shoulder on him all day. Well, so. I know they got some speedsters with like Valdez Scantling and, you know, they got anyone can, they have anyone weapons. can drop, anyone can drop 150 yards on the Packers. Receiving I mean, they're hot right now. They, they, since week one, they have turned, they have found that extra gear and like they're playing like the Green Bay Packers that we know, um, you know, you got to tip their hats off to them. They, when it seems like the, the sky is falling in Green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers is able to get the team, you know, to relax and then they go on a run and you know, I've seen this movie before in uh, Soldier Field and how much Green Bay likes to own a set Soldier Field. But, you know, it's I, I also think they're going to need a big break. They're going to need a big play on special teams or a, a big turnover that could flip the field and give you a short field to score a touchdown. Um, and when they get the ball in the red zone, they have to they score. have to score. No field they goals. No. Yeah. 
no, you can't, you can't go field goals with Rogers. You know, you're allowing him to just carve you up and, you know, you can't get down two scores because our offense is just not built that way to come back from two scores. So I know you said that you've, you've seen this before. We've all seen this plenty of times before. What, if you had to give a percentage chance that the bears get this game at soldier field against the Packers, what, what number are you putting on that? Hmm, 37%. <laughs> Tim, you got a number? I, 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 I'm a little bit more optimistic on this one uh, than I have been in the last two years, uh, even with the rookie I, I will quarterback. Say yes, with the rookie quarterback, just for the way our defense is playing. Um, but I think, yeah, Jackson's about right. We're, uh, we are four and a half uh, point underdogs, so at home, so um I would, yeah, definitely put it at at the highest, 40%. ESPN has it at, oh, 40.9%, so 41%. Yeah, I I agree with it being obviously low, but I think I'm going to go a little lower than you guys. I'm going to say somewhere around like 25%, just because this this to me seems like every single Packers game that we played after beating a, a team, whether they're good or bad, where I have hope and then, you know, the defense looks good and we have all this, this uh, turns into Charlie Brown pretty damn quickly. Yeah. And then it's like you said, 14, three or like the, the Packers start with the ball and it's seven, nothing, or the bears start with the football and they get a big long drive and they miss a field goal or they turn the ball over. Like, and, and we've said this plenty of times before, but until I see it, that's how I expect the games to go. Maggie's one in five against green Bay. And that one loss was after a couple weeks after, you know, Green Bay fired its coaching staff and, you know, so they weren't at the right stage of mine. And that also wasn't the best Packer team to begin with. You know, can, can Roger or can Nagy actually beat like a decent Packer team? I mean, we'll see. He has been able to. We don't, we, we're not hopeful, but, you know, I do think it's better than, going into it just being like, there's no shot. I think we all think that there is a chance, especially with the injuries and right the way that our defense has been playing and the fact that Fields is playing. You know, if if Fields comes out and just balls out and gets a big win over the Packers, he's already written his lore on being the, one of the greatest quarterbacks in Paris history with the running the hills with him. I'm sure you guys heard the uh, press conference where – when Nagy called him and he said he was a starter, he didn't go out and celebrate. He watched film like he's doing everything right. All he needs to do is get that first Packers win as an underdog. And he's already immortalized in Bears history. Yeah. Put the statue next to Hallis type of thing. All right. I mean, it, I think with fields, you know, Green Bay has never seen fields yet. Right. They have not. Obviously, they have hours of tape on him now. But, you know, they've never had to game plan based off of like pass experience against fields, right? They don't know his tendencies that much. They don't know. Yeah. Obviously they, they know his weaknesses of, you know, holding the ball too much, or maybe he doesn't protect himself in certain ways. Um, but you know, he, he hasn't really, they haven't opened up the playbook that much. And maybe this is a week where they just say, fuck it. You know, if it's a tight ball game, Justin, how are you feeling? Or if he's, you know, playing well, do you take a couple shots do you get a little bit creative? Not not cute. I think there's a way to be creative and, and not cute. 
and to keep Green Bay off. And obviously there's a guy on the Bears defensive staff who used to be the the Packers defensive coordinator for a few years. Um, and that's why they hired him. You know, what does what what does Green Bay do? Yeah, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Before we but move it does on... it does feel like Charlie Brown though. That's the thing. Oh yeah, we're getting the football's being yanked away, and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is up twenty-one nothing, and Aaron Rodgers need, is our Lucy man. <laughs> we just need we need we just need this one one to turn the tide, get get Rodgers out of there. He can go play in Denver, and then it's the Bears' division for the next fifteen years, which I hope happen. But in the meantime, let's reminisce. It is Packers this week, boys. This is, is Packers, this is Packers week. week. We gotta get up a little bit. This is this is why we do these podcasts. So, so what, it, what is that? When you say that, what is there any like highlights or what is this overall? What does this rivalry mean to you? I, for me personally, I just I love know, it. The, the Bears being my favorite football team and my favorite sports team, it just like I don't know. I it just you just feel different. Either when you come out of this game with a win or a loss, you just feel either over the top happy or just like dirty, gross, don't talk to me because the Bears lost this game. And the fact that every single Packers fan that I've ever met, just something about them is like. There's only a couple that I like. Yeah, I just have that like. Ugh. There's only a couple that I like. I don't know. It just, um, it just hits different. I don't I know. I have like, a few friends who are Packer fans and they're fine. They're they're nice people. I consider them really close friends. But the ones who I'm not friends with are just like, shut the fuck up. We get it. You're always good. It's just some of the best. Even even in these last couple of years where we just almost know some of these are just going to be guaranteed losses, there's just nothing better than when that game starts. Maybe not during the game, but when that game starts, Bears, Packers. You know, they're, a- they're always going to show clips when it's like they're playing in the rain or the snow and it's like leather great. helmets. You know, there's I, I do feel that they're I'm not a big tinfoil hat person at all in anything, but I, I do feel like the NFL has it for the Green Bay Packers, you know, like, oh, yeah, they, and then the, they do get calls. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. They're, they're on commercials They're I hate the Oh, we're a small town team, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention the whole owner thing. Like, I know we've mentioned yeah, all the fans are so owners. Stupid. Oh, my just, God. That's just like printing money for the Packers for the the dumb Wisconsinites who think that they actually have stake and go to the meetings and have shirts that say oh. I own this team, blah, blah, blah. Like, they, and I heard they are like the nicest people when you go up there. If it's your first Packers Bears game, I, I I'm sure they are, but they just seem so fake, like almost too like passive aggressive. Like they're gonna take a little like shot at you a little bit. Like oh welcome to Lambeau Field. Remember your team's gonna lose today. Have a great time. It's like well you didn't have to say that. Yeah, and it's just like every time like they're you just talk- weird. Every time you talk to a Packers fan, they 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 want to like you said reclaim that like small town team like oh oh we're just the uh, the small town team and they don't want to like admit that they're they've been a dynasty for so long and have had nothing but success and great quarterbacks for the last thirty years like they like they don't want to be the the Yankees of football or they don't want to be the, like the Patriots of you know they have the 13, NFC they have thirteen titles including their Super Bowls. I think 538 did an analysis of NFL teams from like 
the mid sixties and the Packers were like the most consistent team, even like the years that they're bad. They're only bad for like a year or two. And then they're back to being 500 above 500, like in the eighties when they weren't good, you know, they exploded in the nineties and was just like, well, here they go. And, but I will say this, I think if I'm a Packer fan, I'd be kind of frustrated because you have arguably two of the top 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time. And you only have two rings out of it right now. Like, it's got to be frustrating. The amount of times I go to the NFC title game and just lose in just bizarre ways. That's That's got to eek you a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I, I, and I love it. And I'm here I'll, for it. And I'll have to say this. This could be a terrible take. Um, the only time they won was when they beat the Bears in the NFC title game, which sucked. But the, like... Packer fans, especially women Packer fans, there's a lot of women Packer fans that don the Packers gear and know nothing about their team. Whereas I've met a lot of female Bears fans who, you know, could at least tell you, wow, we fucking suck and we suck because of this and this quarterback stunk or I can make a joke. I think if you're a a transplant, I think if you're a transplant Packer fan, I could see that. But if they're if you're up in like Sheboygan, Wisconsin, Pasadena, oh yeah, I, I don't live yeah, there. I, I never want to live insane. there. I don't want it. But like for instance, you're talking to Margaret. We have, from... we have a new hire who's the secretary of the whole IT department, and she she was she wore a Packers jersey for a pink Packer jersey for uh, breast cancer awareness, and I was like, oh, I, I I got there. I was like, oh my god, I didn't know it was Halloween. We were working wearing our scary costumes already. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? Or whatever. I'm like, I'm a heaven check. I wear a bear's mask, COVID mask. And she's just like, what do you? I'm like, because I wear, haven't you seen my mask? She's like, I don't get it. And that's why I was just like, what do you mean you don't get it? Like, what What do you, what, what don't you get? And do you know what? It's so corny. Like, the overalls and the, the blocks of cheese that they put on their head. You know, dumb. It's dumb. You know, it's also it's, dumb wearing a cheese grater hat. This don't even, you're falling into that. Too. You're falling into that. Yeah, don't fall in that class. Yeah. Have some respect. You're from Chicago. Yeah. That, we're, it's a glorified, we're, su- Green Bay's a, a suburb. Yeah, have some respect for yourself. Put on some bear arms and a giant bear on your head and paint your face <laughs> orange and blue. Be bear have man. Some, have and some a, class. And wear a Doug Plank jersey, you know? <laughs> Look like a, I, I mean, it. I, I feel like Bears Packers has become like the Michigan Ohio State rivalry a little bit where it, it it has become like a little one one sided, unfortunately. But like you still game up for it. Like oh, this yeah. this like I know Michigan fans like they hate Ohio State and they're getting tired of losing Ohio State. I get it. But like if you ask them on game day, like we're going to fucking kick their ass. I, if if you're if I already know if I already know the Bears are not going to go into a playoffs for a season, I want to. I don't. Care, I, I, don't I don't care if we go two and what would it be now two and fifteen as long as we win against the Packers twice. I don't care. Before we yeah. move on, some, some NFL. There's some quick hits from the NFL before we talk about some White Sox and their their woes after today's game. But so we have the Bills and the Cards. Are they the two best teams in the NFL right now? Currently, the Cards are the Cardinals are undefeated. The Bills just beat the Chiefs, who are now two and three, uh, and the Bills, I believe, are four and one. Are these the two best teams in the AFC and NFC, respectively? 
I would have to say the Bills are. Yeah, Bills are. I mean, Butch McCall looks pretty good. Chargers. Um, I, I'd give the nod, though, to Buffalo. And, and Baltimore's right there, too. Cardinals have the- talent. They're a little banged up right now, though. Do you think is there a team in the NFC that scares you more than the Cardinals, or do you think has more talent or is above them in the rankings for the NFC? I mean, I think Green Bay is probably better than Arizona. Well, we'll find out. They they play. They play each other soon. Yeah. Um, I think last week was more of like a uh, was it kind of a traumatic victory for them because they lost a lot of guys. But they found, but they did find a way to win like a defensive battle. Right. Oh, yeah. they, they, they just can't be in these Big 12 shootouts all the yeah. time. And Oh, but when you're on your third backup corner and then now Chandler Jones good. has COVID right. and this and that, like it's starting, the wheels are coming off. But unfortunately, you can kind of afford it because you're 5-0. and oh, So, yeah, I don't think that they have any aspirations. I mean, I, sure, every team wants to go 17-0 and, oh and be the first one, but. Yeah, especially like. It's great that they are five and zero to kind of build up that lead. But if if they were in any other division, they'd probably feel a lot safer than being in the division they're in now. Because yeah, mean, that division's hard. That any of those they, teams, they, and, and they absolutely dicked the Rams. So you know, hold on, I'm looking at where. But is... yeah, I think if they get back to their full strength, I think they're going to need to make a trade here for a tight end because they just lost theirs for the season. Um, I think that they can they can they can compete with just about the best of them. So they have Cleveland. If they want to make a trade, I know a team that has like 13 tight ends that they can make there a trade for. <laughs> anyway, uh, take it away. You know, they have Cleveland. You know, Cleveland has looked good. Uh, fun fact, uh, the Browns are the first team in NFL history to score over 40 points, not turn over the ball, and lose a game. Never happened before until Cleveland did it against uh, the Chargers last week. They have... Uh, the Browns, uh, the Texans, Green Bay, and then the Niners again. They are that Texans game, JJ Watt, DeAndre Hopkins revenge game, and the Texans are just bad. Oh my God, that's gonna be <laughs> yeah. in be Arizona too. The Green Bay game, I believe, is on Thursday night. Yeah, that's a Thursday night game. So finally, we're gonna see a good Thursday night game. All the, um, Thursday, all the Thursday night games have gone down to the wire, though. And, uh, yeah, but I like to see a good matchup. I like, you know, Bengals Jaguars is not a good matchup. I don't know, man. I'm kind of excited for that Dolphins Jaguars this Sunday. The sh- oh, shit balls. I'm just saying, like, I, I, the NFL is. There's been more close games. There's been more close games in the NFL than there's like ever been. Like, it. I think any product's good. But I agree with you. I would love to see like two playoff potential teams yeah. on a Thursday. And I think night. that's yeah. yeah. So Green Bay. That but that's been three weeks. No, they could. You know, I could see them losing to Green Bay, but that game is home. That game is home against Green Bay. How how are we feeling about Dallas? Dallas, I mean, their division is pretty shit, like it always is. But I mean, Dallas has shown that they have the weapons. Zeke's looking great. Dak looking great after coming from coming back from that injury. They have. Lamb, and they have Cooper, and they have uh, Gallup. I mean, Tony Pollard as their backup running back looks great. Their defense is the thing that surprised me the most, that they've showed up, and everyone kind of thought that they were going to be completely awful, but they've shown that they can 
put stops up, make big plays. I think uh, Trayvon Diggs has, has like three or four interceptions or something like that. I think they're going to win the division, and you know, you never know with playoffs, they could make a run for uh, the Super Bowl. So their next, their next four games, they should win. So they, I, they, I think, I think Dallas could limp in, and they're already in the, they're already in the playoffs. They're, they're, yeah, that, that division's horseshit. Yeah. So their next four games are at New England, at Minnesota. They are, they they have so much. That's the thing. They don't have home thugs, against but. home against Denver. And then home against Atlanta. NFL. So realistic, man. realistically, I could see them taking three out of four. If you know injuries, what, they, they have they have four wins. Yeah, they're four and one. They yeah, won. They, won. I mean, they won they four needs, in a row. And they beat they the Chargers. Need. They have. It's not like they're playing scrub teams. They've beat. Yeah, they, they beat, beat the Chargers. They beat the Panthers. Um, you know the Eagles have shown some fight in some games. You know they. Sh- they were. They should have won against the Buccaneers. You know they were in that game. Yeah, they uh, could be. Fi- they could be five and zero. They really could be. You know, and then like I said, they do play Kansas City at Kansas. There's City. twelve games left, and they only need to win half of them. So they, I think they, yeah. they got it. And speaking yeah. of Kansas City, what what's going on there? Is it just like the they, the Super Bowl loss just kind of got them down or what's what's going on there they're two and three the bears worst, have a better record worst than defense in the nfl that's not going to help you when you're ranked like, 32nd 31st in like every defensive category it's not good i don't know about you but i'm kind of happy to see like mahomes come down to earth and not be throwing for 500 yards every game and you it, it, gets, little, it gets ridiculous you kind of saw it last year where he was like the no look throws he was trying to make like were be either being incomplete or being picked off i think that I don't know his his shimmer of being considered. Oh, he's going to be a Hall of Famer after two years. It's like, all right, like he's really good. He's he's an All Pro, but like he's only in his fourth or fifth year in the NFL. I'm kind of happy to see it, and because like you get all these like people who are bandwagon Chiefs fans now after making to two straight Super Bowls. I, I'm I'm happy to see it, just because I'm. I'm sick of the bandwagoners. That and just uh, you, everyone was not just trying to crown him as a Hall of Famer. They were trying to crown him like the next Tom Brady. And I'm like, there or is even a, better. Or there, even better. Yeah, there is a high possible. There is a very, 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 very good chance that that might be his last Super Bowl. Yeah, you know I mean, just the way the NFL is. Like, yeah, I, I don't. I don't like it at any sports. I mean. When people are like, oh, this is gonna be a dynasty. This is gonna be a dynasty. It's first of all, it's hard to win in any sport, whether it's a regular season game or a playoff game, you know, and there's so many factors that go into a season. You know, how, how, you know, how healthy do you stay? What is the situation of the other team? You know, and like teams get hot and teams get cold. And do I think Kansas city will probably turn it around? Probably, but I agree with Kevin. It, it kind of is nice to see now it's been fucking me in fantasy a little bit, but like the comeback know, down to earth. Yeah, because like for the past three years, it's just been like watching a blitz team. Like they put up forty points without even sweating, and it's just like. And then like you get all the NFL like anal- analytics people like, oh, this is the way the NFL should be played. And it's, if you're yes. if you're hot, you're hot. It's annoying. I mean, what I said last week, Kyler Murray looks like a video game character, and then against the Niners, 
dude, guy was getting hit. Guy was, you know, I'm yeah. like, and, and, and you're, it's there's hard gonna, to do that week in and week out. Yeah, there's going to be a game where people are coming after you and, and you can't just pull these these moves. Like, you're going to have to play regular hard-nosed football. And I'm like, it's that's the, what makes you a good, a, a, you know, a good Hall of Famer, the ones that, like, when the adversity comes, are you still going to sh- be able to show up and not it, This is what their shit. first time, I think, being under 500, unless it's, like, a week one loss or something with Kansas City, but I don't think they've had that with Mahomes. But, like, let's see now what he's made of, right? Because they are not – they are, like, the 10th team in the playoff standings for the AFC. They're not in. It's not like they can just win this week and they're automatically in. Like, they need to win two or three in a row to be considered with the tiebreakers now. Like, the, can, the, can, the can they play now – yeah, can they play now with adversity? The and blueprints just, out there with the, – I mean, it's hard because the Bills are talented enough – to repeat what the Bucks did in the Super Bowl, play that cover two and say, hey, run the ball on us because Andy Reid doesn't like running the ball and they don't run the ball because they don't use Edwards Alaire. So And he and he's injured now too, so they gotta go to their their backup running back. Yeah. It was it was interesting. I was like trying to exp- you know explain to my wife she like is watching so much football now and we were watching that that Patriots Bucks game last week. And, you know, they're running that high cover two and all those packages, making it so that Brady can't throw. So what does Brady do? He's just going to hand, hand the ball off to Fournette and let Fournette win the game. They win the game, right? Mahomes just, it seems like he doesn't want to do that. Like, you yeah. know, it's just, it's gun, it's it's gunslinger mentality. And it's just like, sometimes you got to just take the yards. Yeah. And, right. and now that, and like Mahomes and the Chiefs have been in such a crap division for the last two, three years. And I know that Brady was in the AFC East and they were the Jets and the Dolphins and the Bills were all bad, but like he has a track record of beating good teams, beating the Colts in the playoffs or whatever. He beats the good teams where when you got Mahomes now, they've got a Chargers team that they've got to play twice a year that people are saying can make a run in the playoffs, make a Super Bowl. They've got the talented quarterback and the skill positions, good defense. It'll be interesting to see. And I have a conspiracy theory of why the Chiefs are bad, and it has to do with TikTok. I think any per, any team or player that has an association to TikTok, their team just goes to shit. Juju Smith-Schuster, big TikToker. Clay, Chase uh, Claypool, big TikToker. Steelers, they've been on a downtrend. Not so good. And Juju's out for the year now. Yeah. Jackson, Jackson Mahomes. Okay, that is Pat Mahomes' brother. Big TikToker, trying to get famous off TikTok from his brother. Associated with the Chiefs. Chiefs on the downward trend. NFL players, anyone who listens to this podcast, stay away from TikTok. You can watch it. You can post, you know, whatever. Just don't make Justin it. Justin Fields, no TikTok. No TikToks. Cleo Bears, don't even think about it. <laughs> just delete, delete the app. Delete the app. All right. Well, gentlemen, I got to do something to cheer me up before we talk about the White Sox because they just lost and they're out of the playoffs now. I've got some bear news. Did you know that bear attacks are on the rise in Japan? Did you happen to know this? In uh, specifically Iwate, Japan. And they've done something to help the people be a part of these bear attacks. They didn't set up fences. They didn't put bear repellent in their their areas, their forests. What they did is they came up with a rock and roll song 
to help prevent bear attacks. You might be thinking, what the hell are you talking about? I'm they came very up, intrigued. <laughs> they came up, and specifically, singer Yazun Taguchi came up with a preventative warning song about how you should stay away from bears and not go near them in order to prevent bear attacks. And some, some quotes from the song, obviously these are translated, so it's not going to really make sense, but some lines include, so you think bear cubs are cute. <laughs> Discard that naive way of thinking. <laughs> Nearby, that cub is a parent bear, and it'll suddenly attack you. Rawr, 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 rawr. It'll suddenly attack you. <laughs> so these, these are some of the lines that Sounds like Yoda's writing this song. <laughs> this Japanese singer, who's 69 years old, by the way, so he's an older older gentleman. I think it's a gentleman. Yazin, I'm assuming, is a, a guy's name. Um, some other lines include, it's very frightening when, you're, when one just appears in front of you. You want to run away, but my grandparents told me years ago, if you ever encounter a bear, don't turn around and just back away slowly. So they're just, instead of putting up, <laughs> Does he just like write paragraphs as his songs? Like, do, like said, have you listened to the song? I have not listened to the song. I plan on doing it later. I don't think there's any music to it. I think it's just like a a warning song. We're, we're gonna need to tweet it out. Oh yeah. So I need to make this my ringtone. Don't put up signs. Don't put up any. Ra The bear will attack you. Don't put up any signs or fences or you know. Just make well, a rocket. The bears, hopefully, rah, 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 the bears attack Mr. Rogers. So, I mean, speaking of bear cubs, I went to the zoo this week. I tweeted it out. Uh, I have a theory. Those panda bears, they know what they're doing. They know they're looking for attention. That's why they look, act like idiots, because they know people are going to go nuts and take videos and clap and be happy. You got to do what you got to do when you're almost extinct, Jackson. You got to no, do No, they're what not you... almost extinct. Remember, we had hot panda summer. I, 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 but aren't they still endangered? No, they're off the endangered list. Damn, they just been bucking their way off the extinct, endangered, and just now they're back. They're I back. Didn't know. I didn't know panda but they, bears. But they're had, not stupid. Uh, they're still gonna keep the cute factor because you know. Oh, well, they're if, they're if, a little dumb. They're a little if, dumb. I got if, a bunch of videos. They're, they're kind of dumb. They're kind of dumb animals. If you start smacking out too many panda bear babies, now everyone goes, "Wait a minute, they're not so cute anymore." You know, I mean, now like they're, they're a just, dime a dozen. Yeah, so they got to still stay lovable idiots so that they keep their status because they don't want to get back on that endangered list. They, they got to be right on that that cusp. You know, keep the cute, but then don't, don't get back this, on that endangered at the list. Zoo, at the zoo, it is a requirement for a kid who's eight and younger to have a stuffed panda bear teddy bear. They're everywhere. Now, I will give props to this one girl. She was carrying around a stuffed Komodo dragon. I hope that's my daughter one day. Give me, like, all of her friends had a stuffed panda bear, and she was holding a stuffed Komodo dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm assuming that th- this girl probably already had plenty of uh, bear she probably stuffed had animals. Like, she probably had like a million of them. Yeah. She's she adding the collection. Great. Yeah. All right. So I guess, you know, talking about panda bears and rock and roll bears, rock and roll bear songs, cheered me up a little bit. But the Sox lost today 10 to 1, Jesus Christ, to the Astros. They lo- lost their ALDS matchup three games to one. 
And if you guys have thoughts on the season, I know you guys aren't White Sox fans. I am the only one, but I'm disappointed. It was a disappointing season with all the injuries. They won the division, which is cool. But overall, it was just a disappointment to go out that way. Um, we'll rewind the, the the podcast to episode one, episode two, and we're talking in the mid, you know, in the uh, middle of the year, and it's you're so optimistic that you know, oh, yeah. all these guys are coming back. We're we're firing on all cylinders. Oh, we just got off and we made some trades for these closers, and then it's a wet fart. Absolutely. And I was talking to Jackson before you got on in our little pre-show Skype that uh, it was crazy to see that our biggest one of our biggest strengths, which 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 are was our starting pitching was one of the things that kind of just floundered in the playoffs. With Did anyone with, even make it past three innings? I don't believe so. With I expected Cease to not maybe go very long, but with Rodon, who was an all star, Lynn, who was an all star, Giolito, who you expect to put up at least five innings in a playoff game, all just kind of, eh, two of them, Lynn got lit up, Giolito was only in for a few innings, Cease got lit up. Just not, not good to see. I don't know if it was the... Just the matchup. The Astros are good. I'm not. I'm going to give them credit where credit's due. They are a great team. You hate to see them win because of the whole cheating scandal. Um, but but we want to talk about what you know. We want to talk about what yeah. what what could have been done for the Sox or what needs to be done because you have a young core that's still there. The window's still I, open. I, I think your window's open for about two years right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do in this offseason. But well, I've I've read today. So is is Rodon? He's not under contract. No, he signed a one year deal with us in the offseason, kind of like approve it, and he proved it for the first half. But the second half, he kind of well, went he was back hurt, to his, right? Well, yeah, went back to his velocity was down. Couldn't make it a few innings. Obviously, only made it three innings or two and a half innings today. Well, and then you so, go and sign Keiko a couple years ago, and then he can't even – he's not even on the roster. So I'm like, I, I, no matter how bad you're doing, it's just like with the amount of money you're making, you're just like, you can't even make it on the roster as like a long reliever? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, – So the office, it, seems the like, looks... it seems like a strength needs to now go out and get somebody, and that's not going to be cheap. No, not not at all. Like, And you're not – I don't think you're going to pay Rodon because, one – He'll be asking for a lot. Two, he didn't prove it for you in the second half of the season where he's could warrant that kind of money. And I don't know if you'd want to bring him back unless he takes a super team-friendly deal, which I doubt he will because he's yeah, 28. he's 28. He's going to try to get paid. He's going to look for his biggest uh, contract that he can get right now. I know right now I just think that the what offense— What was your number one? Because then I see what people want, like to go out and get like a Correa, right? Or go out and get a right fielder— or do you want that starting pitcher? Like, what do you want? I think it's got to be starting pitching. I don't. I haven't looked at. It needs to be more than one, right? Yeah. But like if, if, but, I had a, but if it needs to be one, if it, if it, if you could say in, you only get one, Kevin, what do you want? If I only get one, I mean, I think that the offense didn't look good either. Only putting up one run today, but pitching wins games, and I think you need. If I had to pick one, you need to get another starting pitcher because. Lynn's old, getting up there. Gilito, he had his whole commercial fiasco of I'm the was terrible, and then I was the best pitcher in baseball. Blah blah blah, and he looked all right. Keuchel is probably not going to be there. Kopech, we don't know what he's going to be. I think you need to get a surefire starting pitcher, 
and you can just kind of fill Seems in. Seems like Kopech's got got to be a starter next year. That's what I'm thinking. He's got he's I think he's going to take Rodon's spot in that fifth starter, fourth starter, whatever it is. Lopez showed that he can be a fifth option, so you might use him because he'll he'll be much cheaper than uh, Rodon. And Sheets has shown you in the right field that he can he can play. He hit a home run today in the the only run we got in our playoff game. And second base, it's second base. I don't think you need to get anyone crazy like a Correa or I just whoever. Don't really like the, I don't really like the ro- the revolving door of and, – and, and let's take injuries out of it. I don't really like the revolving door of the de- designated hitter, like with Vaughn and then Sheets and this. Like, who is it? You know what I mean? Like, I just – Put it, think, make, yeah. make Eloy the DH, and that's it. I think I think that with him coming back from injury, they wanted to get him like kind of moving and in, in the field. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I think next year, and who knows if even Larusa's back or what they even do, um, that it'll be shored up next year because there 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 aren't that many injuries to kind of like put pegs in holes and see what you got to work with and have him play left today because we got to have a lefty up because we have so many injuries. So I think it'll be shored up next year. That being said, I don't know who is it, it's going to be. Is it going to be Vaughn? Is it going to be Abreu? Is it going to be Jimenez? That'll be something to find out. I mean, this, I just, yeah. Go ahead, Jay. I think, you know, the time's ticking now. And I think Tim and I were very nice to some of our fellow Sox fans by not rubbing it in their faces. But, you know, pretty soon those contracts are going to be coming up. And you're going to have to make really tough decisions. And when you don't win, and now you've been in the playoffs twice, and you've lost two playoffs in a row first round, um, you know, like, now you got to be, like, crafty with your money. And the White Sox aren't, you know, they're not the Cubs. They're not the Red Sox or the Yankees where they can, you know, pay people, even though the Cubs didn't pay people. But um, I'm curious to see what's that's going to happen. I, I think you guys have the division or should have the division for the next two. Tigers years. look decent. Then Tigers Royal, look better. Royals look Royals decent are getting the younger. End, yeah. You know, and you know, I know the twins had a down year, but they were good the year before. You know, I, I baseball's the one sport you just can't take for granted. Um, you know, Tim and I definitely thought, you know, the Cubs would win another World Series and you're you're lucky to win one. And, you know, it's hard to win a baseball game, especially in the playoffs. And you know, I, I know all the a- allegations against the Astros and they were true in 2017. And there was that weird story that was on yesterday. But besides the fact, like they're a good team, too. And I think what hurt the White Sox, which we were saying toward the latter part of our podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, were like my biggest red flags were they were not good on the road. They yep. struggled against good teams. And, you know, they they basically won the division in mid-June. There's no meaningful games. There's nothing to harden you into a diamond. Like, the the, the Cubs, and sorry to go back to it, but, you know, you have these two teams playing tonight right now that were in a battle all, all, the way to last all season. Every, you know, where an entire month is meaningful baseball. It, it would I I and there's nothing you can do about that because you play who your division is right. There's nothing that's what I'm saying. I think last year being the first year COVID year, first year in the playoffs, 
I really think that 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 hurts you. So honestly, a lot of people are going to start talking in that in your subreddit and the White Sox going, well, the Tigers are getting better and the Royals are getting better. Honestly, I think that's one of the best things for you as a young squad for to get some competition. Oh, I I agree. And you kind of saw a a little bit, not as much. I know the White Sox had a crazy lead for much longer, but with the Brewers and they had an injury with their relief pitcher and all that, but they had the division wrapped up for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the Cardinals, Braves. Cardinals come out of nowhere, and yeah, yeah it's it, it just it helps. And there's a there's that's not a move that you can make. You can't just go to your division and be like, hey, we need you to be better, right? You you play who you play. But I guess the last big question, you could talk about it more and more throughout the off season is, is this the Tony Larusa issue? Is is that is that did did you get out of? Because I thought game two was a big problem from him. Oh yeah, I agree with that. Why is Kimbrel? Why that. is Kimbrel in the setup? Why is you know why are we putting Bummer out there? Why is that guy's last name Bummer and he's a pitcher? I don't really understand. I just thought he flubbed that, and especially with the the change in right field, uh, not having Angle out there. That's that's a that's a catch. I don't know, but that's one game. I just I guess from you, Kev, because you were towards what I think. August, you were like, "Hey, this is going to be a good thing." Tony Larusa, I'm thinking, all right. Yeah, or are you? Are, are, have you faltered on that stance? Or now knowing, hey, we got two years. Are you trying to go for someone else? If you had the, if you have the keys to the car, you have the keys to the kingdom. What are you doing? If I got, well, if I got the keys to the car, and you know, it, it's hard because there was those moments where you have Larusa making. Decisions where you're scratching your head, but then you also have games like today where it's like, what do you do? No, there's nothing that Lewis could do to be like to put your team in a, a position to win when you're you lose ten to one. So if it's me, if there was someone out there that I knew was a great option and I didn't have Jerry in my ear to make a decision, I would go out and get that one like best guy available. But if it's just like a few managers out there who's like, eh, you know, it's a uh, Miggy Rojas from the Mets or just these guys that you're like, eh, not so sure about. It doesn't move the needle. Yeah, if they're like, I really wanted A.J. Hinch as my manager, and I think that he's, cheating scandal aside, that he is a good manager. If there was someone like that who is like a quality top five manager becomes available, I would go for it. Other than that, I'd stick with Tony and see what happens. I mean, the good thing is, you are the destination for a manager, right? Like a man. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I would want to go there because, like, oh shit, I don't have to. I mean, you just got to make sure that people stay on this right tra- trajectory. But yeah, it'll be interesting uh, what they do with that. I would say just knowing what we know about Reinsdorf, right, and all that's probably he's staying. But. That's that's my guess. The one the one silver lining in all this is that the MLB off season is my favorite because of all the moves that get made and all that. So I will have that to look forward to, to be constantly re- refreshing Twitter and Reddit to see what rumors the Sox are going to have or getting who and whatnot. So that's that's a silver lining I got. And we're going to get Oscar Colas, who's the Cuban, quotes, air quoting, uh, Shohei. White Sox, White Sox Twitter wasn't as bad as I thought it would be today. What, and, and I guess going back to just the last thing, TLR, I guess it, it would have been better if there was more of a major fuck up or like if you knew it was, Oh, like not him, because like you said, 
if you look at those starting pitching lines all four games what do you what am i supposed to do with that yeah and and like but yeah like they gave up today or some not just today but throughout the series the Astros were ridiculous with two outs right they they were like seven or eight for 16 or something they were batting like 500 with two outs when they scored their runs like that's insane you, you you just can't get off the field and like one that puts pressure on your bullpen. Cause like, I know that every manager is gun. Sh- if someone throws a ball in the second inning, you know, if someone's getting warmed up in the pen, it seems like nowadays, but like <laughs> to be fair, like I, I wouldn't, I would be doing the same thing if we can't get two outs, you know, in the second or third inning, you're just putting on extra runners that shouldn't be on. And, you know, with the white Sox. You know, they were down all four games in this series um, at one point. And, you know, early. game three, they, yeah, and, and early, and early. Um, they had the lead today, but, you know, it was gone by the third inning. And then it was, I mean, by the third inning, you could just tell this this game is over. Once Correa hit that two-out double that scored, like, two runs, like, that air in that stadium just got dead quiet. Yeah, hopefully this is like a wake-up call to the the White Sox and not all of them, but the ones that are just kind of they're happy they got there in the playoffs. And it's the first uh, playoff game at uh, Guaranteed Red Field in X many years. That you can't just get there on your talent. You gotta grind and you gotta be Ooh. up for those playoff games. We didn't. You didn't. We didn't say anything about Kimbrel. Do you, do you keep him or what? I think you. I. I mean. He's That's also not the aside. reason why you lost, too. No, no. I think that Kimbrel clearly, clearly to me, is a guy that is, like, very in his head. The whole reason why I hate pitchers because they're so fucking weird. He's clearly in his own head. I don't know if he needs, like, a full, like, training camp with the team and a full, like, who knows, off season to get through his head. Like, okay, I'm now on the Chicago White Sox. I am centered. I'm zen. Whatever it may be that, like, you saw it, obviously, with the Cubs. Um, the, the money aside, I don't know how that plays out, but I, I would keep him just cause like you saw what he could be and when he's at his best, it's great. So I would keep him just cause if he does come back to that dominant 0.4 ERA pitcher, he's great to have, but right. There's nothing worse though. When like he's, when he's doing a bad outing and it's like meaning oh, a lot, no, but, well, no, the, but not even that just. As soon as he's having a bad outing and he's on your team, and then you start, and then you then you start going, all right, you know what? Actually, this hand thing is kind of fucked. Yeah, like I, I mean, I still hold a little bit of a grunge with Kimbrel in like 2019 when he blew all those games against the Cardinals that last week. It was just like, dude, stop doing dumb shit. Where they got swept in all four games by one run or less, and they blew each game. Like I, I do remember a, a, a fond memory of the first year being on the the Cubs, and you know, being like excited and doing like the hand motion thing, like with in front of my wife, like he's gonna pitch. And then you know, after like ball two, five, you're like, yeah, what the hell? After like <laughs> four or five blown saves, I was like sitting at the couch one time drinking beer and just going, you know what, Jen? Actually, this hand shit's just. <laughs> fucking stupid has anyone pointed out that the hand thing is not normal maybe that's the reason (laughs) maybe you're off centered now 
But then when it's on, you're just like, yeah. It's like, that's the reason. That's the key, baby. Yeah. That right <laughs> angle. That right angle. He's got You know, it's so the- weird. Like, bullpen pitchers are just, you know, if they don't throw that first strike, they just have that block. And it just, you know, Carlos Marmol was the same way. Like, if he didn't throw that first pitch right down the middle and didn't get that called strike, he was like a lost child. Like, he would break on the mound. Yeah, so I guess just to, to wrap it up, summarize that for Kimbrel, I would I'd keep him just to see what he's got. I, I'd still make that trade him and him and Tapera for Madrigal just because Tapera had a good good uh, series. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I I don't regret anything in that stance, and we'll see what the White Sox have for us next year. You know, there's no more meaningful baseball in Chicago now. It's on to the Bears and Bulls, which we're we should be excited about because they've been looking good. Blackhawks start tomorrow, I think already. I mean, but who bulls really cares? Are, bulls are bulls are in two weeks. I'm more I'm a thousand percent more excited for the first Bulls games than the Blackhawks. Oh game. yeah, because Bulls have looked good. Yeah, but Jack, I, I've heard kind of sort of that the Blackhawks might be good. Don't know anything. I, 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 I all I know is the NHL is back on ESPN, which is kind of cool. But uh, I'll jump on the white the the Blackhawks bandwagon in uh, March to make the playoffs again. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so Jackson, put me out of my misery. The Sox are out of the playoffs. They're done yes. with baseball. Yes. Tell, tell me about this bar review that, that you got. Yes. New bar right by my house. Um, it's about a five-minute walking place. I've been there before. Um, went there again. It is a Penn State bar. It's called Exiles. I'm going to give it three capitals. I like Exiles. The only issue I have with Exiles is it is a large bar. It, it, it's, it's medium-sized bar, I would say. It gets packed. Like, I felt like I was in, like, in college, like an actual college town. So I couldn't hear the Penn State-Iowa game that Why well. Why is it called Exiles? I have no idea. It's Penn also State built. Bar, probably because all of Sandusky and Paterno have to be there because they're exiled from all the records, huh? That's, Don't you, know. you talk about it. <laughs> uh, it's also a Bills bar, too, on Sunday. Um, and I think it's a Chelsea bar as well. Oh, but at the goal. It's a very uh, the, weird amalgamation. Very random, of but yes, yeah, like, like yes. the Chelsea part. Um, but food's pretty good. I mean, it gets packed. It's like you are at a college bar at the actual town. Um, so I couldn't really hear that well. In the bathroom, it's hard to get to the bathrooms too. So that's why I only give it three stars. I like Exiles. I mean, it's also it was also a hyped matchup, so everyone's gonna want to be there. But yeah, Exiles gets three capitals. Good place, good food. Just when it's packed, it's packed. You get exiled on your way to the bathroom. We, you don't know yeah, where you're at. We got there. It was me, my girlfriend, and a buddy met up with us later. We got there at the right time, and we sat at the bar. Like I was like, we're going right to the bar because it's going to be easier instead of a table. Because like, there were parts of the ta- – like if you had a table, you couldn't really see either because people are just standing in the, the hallway part of the bar. But – um. Literally 20, 30 minutes later, the place just started to fill up. I'm like, man, we got here at the right time. Yeah, nothing's worse than when you go into a bar and it's just like you can't watch a game or hardly move. Or hit it, it was fun. I mean, it was fun minus the outcome. And I definitely think if Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt, they, they beat Iowa. And a lot of the, uh, my Iowa friends text me saying like, yeah, yeah, we would have lost that game if Clifford doesn't get hurt. But, you know, that's football. Um, I did see an interesting quote, though, from Kurt Herbstrick about Iowa, and it did kind of remind me of the Bears, 
is that when a league is going one way, you always have one team that decides to play by their own rules. And it's usually a more physical, more like defensive minded, like hit you in the mouth type of attitude. Like we're going to run the ball. We're not going to be sexy. He's like, that's Iowa. And I agreed. And I also think that's the bears too. Like when teams are putting up a million points, you know, they're not being as physical. And then when you see what the bears have done the past two weeks, you're like, do you know what? It's okay to be cool in a bruising team in football. I mean, if any I'll city be, deserves I'll that lame, kind of team. I'll be the lamest team in the NFL. As long as it wins. I, I, yeah, if I can win every week. I don't and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, you don't think Kurt Ferentz of Iowa thinks the same way? Like, okay, like we're going to slow you down. We're going to run the ball and play good defense. Give me some <laughs> eye formation with one receiver. You got the Children's Power Hospital up. wave and all that, man. You got that. Hey, you can't, you can't complain when you have a winning record or if you're Iowa, you're ranked number two in the nation. So there you go. Not bad. All right, let's move on to our picks of the week. I think mine and my pick, Tim's pick, hit last week. I know oh, Jackson's, Jackson's pick for Texas. Almost. Oklahoma. Almost. It, it looked good, and then Tim's oh, boy I, got replaced. And it was just watching, was all Oklahoma. watching a death spiral. I was, like, Holy shit. I was like, holy shit, Texas is going to pull that this off. Ever, I mean, has that ever happened in recent memory? I mean, obviously, you could probably go into the way, way, way back. and, and But the, the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman is straight benched. This early in the season, too. Yeah. Like we're, I don't think – I think next week is the halfway point, and – Obviously, he's not the odds on anymore, I'm saying, but the season started. He was, he was, no, he was preseason All-American and everything like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the guy that's – I don't remember if it was the first play or, like, his first series, he comes in and just runs for a 61-yard touchdown that was just yeah. like – and the fact that they were booing – they were booing Rattler last week against West Virginia and saying, we want Williams or whatever, we want Caleb. I mean, that's Tough not good. Crowd. Someone's Tough about – Someone's looking and, at that transfer portal. And then portal. You, you, win a, you win a game against, like, Oklahoma, or you win a game against Texas, right? Like, a huge comeback in the fourth quarter. Dude, that kid's going to get every single meal for free in Norman for the rest of his life. Absolutely. So, yeah, you, you're uh, – you, It was a good week for college football. I did not see Alabama losing. Did not see that coming. It's always good when Alabama loses. They were close against that Florida team, man. It's not – they're, so, they're not infallible. Cre- Weird stats of Saban I saw. He is it's his first loss to assistant coach he's ever had. He was like a hundred and zero against him. Or no, not a hundred and zero. He was a hundred and zero against non ranked opponents until this week. And he's never lost to an assistant before until this past week either. So eventually something has to give. But what are your guys' picks this week? I am gonna pick not not against them, but I think that the fact that the Cardinals are only three point or, or they're just a three point spread uh, away from the Browns, I, I think that if the uh, Cardinals weren't just after this this hard week and weren't as banged up as they are right now, and now Chandler Jones, COVID, and stuff like that, I think that spread should be a little bit higher. So I think you take the Browns. Well, I'm going to go back to the well that Tim Tim drank from last week, and that's picking a team that's that their coach is just fucked. Oh, you got it. You got I know exactly where you're going with this one. So, so if you don't remember, Tim picked the Titans over the Jaguars to win handedly, which they did because Urban Meyer. Booty shaking. 
booty shaking, leaving his team in the dust to go smell some 21-year-old girl's hair, get grinded on. So I'm going to – obviously, you know where I'm going with this. I'm taking the Denver Broncos. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Raiders. I think that the Raiders are in disarray with Gruden being fired for everything he said, and we all know what, what's going on there. I think that the Broncos just take it to them because they're just a mess. So Broncos, I'm taking them three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Raiders. There you go. I think we need to get a soundbite of Tim's dad saying the Raiders. Because he always does it so weird, but I love the it. The Raiders. Yeah, yeah, I think, and then we just have, like, a sound button. Raiders, Shout Raiders, out to Glenn. Raiders. Shout out to Glenn. Um, probably the game that should be on Monday night or Sunday night football if there was a flex, and that is the Chargers and Baltimore. That is a good game. It's at 10 a.m.? One o'clock game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One o'clock for you East Coasters. It's I hate one o'clock games. They suck. I don't like this hour ahead. Uh, but um, who, who do you got in that game? I'm going to take Baltimore. They're a minus three. That was I, an insane game last night. Yeah, if he didn't throw that. If he, if, I wish he threw another touchdown pass, not to Hollywood Brown at that last play, and I would have won. I have not had the best luck in fantasy this year. I'm going to be the – Tim, you and I alternate the, the – I don't know. Anthony's team is pretty banged up. Anthony, Anthony's ahead of me by, like, 20 points. You needed that win against Brian, though. Brian didn't even start Dalvin Cook. He left him in his yeah. lineup and he was out. Yeah, yeah. You needed that win because his his team's banged up too. I don't yeah. know. I'm I'm on a two loser, so I mean, you never know. I got yeah. you, you. can never count me out I'm, for that jersey, I'm, baby. I keep it warm for me, but I'm taking Baltimore. They are minus three. I think they cover. I I think they're just a better team than the Chargers. I know the Chargers are hot, but so are the Ravens, and it's in Baltimore. So those are our picks. We got the Browns, we've got the Broncos, and we've got the Ravens. All right, well, let's wrap it up with. I think Jackson. I think you came up with the uh, power rankings this week. I did, I did. So it is Packer Week, and I every Packer Week I stoke up my hatred for the the team from up north in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And there's a lot of people who I hate on that team. And from years past, but I want to think of who are your least favorite Packers of all time, besides Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, because that's easy. You know, that's that's way too easy. Um, so I'll start first. And all these people, I'm going to agree probably with all of yours, and you'll agree with mine. But my number three pick is Clay Matthews. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. Hated I, 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 if you remember one of our earlier podcasts, uh, that was one of Kevin's most hated players ever. Hated Clay Matthews. He, I, I hated the three four for the longest time period because I was a big Lance Briggs guy, and I was thought you know four three. It's you know a lot harder to do. He would always blitz. He would never cover anybody. You know he would just abuse Bears left tackles for years and just kill Jay Cutler. You know that his stupid celebrations after he got a sack and I don't know. And just, always, always committing penalties, but never got a penalty called on him yeah. or face mask or jumping in a pile. Yeah. Personal file never got called. And I mean, he's, he turned out like, yeah, he's probably gonna be a hall of famer, you know, seven time pro bowler, two time all pro. Um, I know one year he was in the running for defensive player of the year, you know, 
he he definitely modified his game that first after that first two seasons. But like, yeah, yeah, I hate Clay Matthews. You know, screw that guy. And that it's like, especially if he's yeah. a, if he's someone not not on your team and you've got like goopy hair like that. Like I'm sure if we were all Ravens fans, we'd hate Troy Palomalu because of his hair. You know, we think that's so stupid. But well, I and him and AJ Hawk both had the that. Yeah. All right. Well, my number three, I, I, I know we, like Tim alluded to, we talked about our most hated players in the NFL or how, whatever it was for the power ranking. So I tried to pick different ones. I didn't want to repeat any. So my number three is Jordy Nelson. I Good don't one. like Jordy Nelson. I think that one, because all he did was run fly routes or just like streak routes and he always scored on them. He didn't appear to be anything other than just a speedster who always Don't burned us. And his dumb I'm from Kansas commercial, I forgot what it was for, State Farm or something like that, but when that commercial played, it was always on during NFL games, and I just hated it. And he's stupid Kansas man who talked about being from Kansas. So, Jordy Nelson, you're my number three. Yeah, that Jim- Rogers back shoulder throwed up him all the time was the worst. Uh, Drew Michael Finley, just because he absolutely destroyed us every time we played him. <laughs> God, there were so many good. He wasn't even like that good, but he just like would always just like absolutely destroy us. Like you know, three, four touchdowns, just like oh, okay, that's just how this is gonna be, huh? Jordy's actually my number one. Now I gotta think of a new one. You don't have to think of a new one. You can just say that's your number one and give your reasons why. That's true. That's true. Well, why don't you give us your number two before you number give away two? number one? This might be everyone. I, I I would not be surprised if this person's on everybody's list at some point, but it's Randall Cobb. Talk about a guy who just loves to make Bear fans miserable. He is, I'll say this, he's a very smart player. You know, we talked about how he would do the kickoff returns and step out of bounds and grab the ball. So, like, I respect that. But uh, there's... Two plays, I think, of the most. The 2013 game to win the division, and Cobb goes right down the middle, catches the ball, and then the 2018 game where he gets that, you know, 50-yard catch to win the game. You know, he is Johnny on the spot if you need a big play. And fuck him. Like fucking Randall, and now he's back on the Packers. It's like, oh my god, not this guy again. Yeah, I liked it better when he was just like floating in obscurity with the Texans or the whoever he was on. Yeah, he was like it's like a football exile. He looks like he is in the movie Get Out. Like he's like taken over by like like you know his he's being mind controlled by a white person. Those eyes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those eyes. (laughs) Yeah. He's just, yeah, and like he's probably like in a, he's not a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's been to that many Pro Bowls or All Pros or anything like that. But the way he plays the Bears, it's like, yeah, put him in the Hall of Fame. All right. Well, my number, I kind of chose obscure ones because I don't want to be too, too, uh, you know, I guess obvious. My number two is fullback John Kuhn. Oh, good one. I just, because. I don't know. I can't remember if he scored all that often against the Bears, but I just couldn't stand when he'd be playing the Lions or whoever they were playing, and they'd 
run a, a run play on the one yard line and they'd run and all the Packers fans would yell like, Ooh, and it just, ugh, I just don't like them. And I don't know, something, something about fullback on the Packers just makes me just not like them and him doing the Lambo leap, a big chubby, you know, stocky fullback going in there could barely get up. John Coon, my number two. There you go. It's a good one. Wasn't allowed to pick Rodgers, wasn't allowed to pick Favre, so Bart Starr. Guy's not even good. Guy sucks. Guy's not even good, dude. Have you seen his records? Those things suck compared to But he won the first Super Bowl, though. Won the first two. The first two. Who cares about the first Super Bowl, man? I mean, there probably was, you know, who was even at the halftime show performance? Probably some just jamoke. I think, I think the first one was probably a guy. Probably some grannies doing a, some uh, I think it was a, uh, arm I think stretches. It was, I think, actually, it was a guy in, like, a jet pack where take he just, like, the, take, it, take, the R, take the R out of your last name. It should just be one R, you stupid fuck. And, but, like, it also <laughs> just, like, alludes to, like, the Packers of the 60s. Where it's like, oh, Vince Lombardi, he was God, and, you know, Bart Starr and the Ice Bowl. I get so tired of hearing that, seeing that play, you know, with Jerry Kramer putting his arms up, you know, to show that he didn't push him in, and, like, the mystique. Nobody cares. Stop mis- talking about it. The mystique Nobody cares, of Lambeau, fans. The mystique of Lambeau Field in the wintertime. It's like, oh, my I can God. already hear, like, the NFL music, like, that. dun 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 Nobody wants to sit in bleachers, dude. Yeah, on New Year's Eve, when it was, like, negative 17 degrees out. Yeah, no, thank you. And Vince Lombardi wouldn't allow his players to wear gloves. Get the fuck out of here! Like they can't even hire their own people to shovel off the snow on the bleachers. They got to get fans to do it. <laughs> All right, uh, Jack. What's your number one? Are you sticking with Jordy, or did you? Yeah, come up I with hate someone? Jordy Nelson. I've always said if Jordy Nelson rescued me from a fire, put me back in the burning building. Like I, I hate Jordy Nelson. I, I, I can't stand him. I hate his face. I hate how he killed the bears. Like. I mean, he was more clutch than Cobb, and Cobb is a clutch player. But Nelson and like the relationship he had with uh, fuckface Rogers, you know that back shoulder throw was always a touchdown. You saw it coming every single time. Oh, they're inside the fifteen. I know what they're gonna do. You know, and yeah, he just looks like a dumb football player his entire life, and like that's all he knows. Like, I don't think he probably can have, like, an intelligent conversation outside of football. Well, at least there's, like, a silver line where he did kind of just, like, float into obscurity in Oakland. That was pretty awesome to see him just, like, completely suck so bad in Oakland that he had to retire. There's that silver lining. And it made Rodgers mad at the organization, so pretty cool. Yeah, it hopefully brings the downfall. Pretty cool. Would do again. Could be. That's the domino. But my number one is there's a lot of shitty people on the Packers that I just don't like. Darren Sharper could have been one because he's just a trash human. Uh, you know, BJ Raji could have been up there. BJ Raji could have been up there. I think I might have put him in my old my list from the other podcast. But I'm gonna go with uh, you know Charles Martin who slammed Jim McMahon into the ground. Yeah. And, that was a, a pretty shitty one. thing to do, Charles Martin. And the fact that 
you just you can't you can't have that happen to your quarterback and him not be a top three hated person of all time. If someone did that to Justin Fields from the Packers, he would clearly be the number one for for us Ever. and other people. So just Charles Martin, dirty shot. Anytime if that happened, first quarterback from a Packers player immediately catapulted into top three, if not number one. So Charles I like, Martin, I, I like fuck you, you piece of shit. I like the reasoning. And plus that game, they had the towel game with all the numbers on their hit list. You know, like, yeah, fuck them. All right. Um, my most hated Packer, um, I'm going to paint the picture for you. As soon as I describe my most hated Packer, you're going to just immediately just it's going to pop in your head. All right. So this Packer is known for having numbers on his uniform and a G on his helmet. <laughs> oh, does it have a di- does he have a digit on his shirt? Oh, um, yeah, be correct. Are they are they green and yellow? All of them. Done. You know, we didn't even talk about the trader Packer or Bears players like Amos and Peppers. Like they're even worse. They're gonna list themselves. I mean, it, the Bears. I mean, I don't blame Amos for going. The Bears let him walk. And it was just like he he kills us a couple. He's had a couple big games against us. Him and Bryce Callahan were two big ones. Yeah, yeah I read. Then, I read you, know what, got, you know what's crazy? And then we read, got Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Yeah, I read today or that uh, uh, Kyle Fuller is like doing terrible in on the Broncos. Is he really? Yeah, he's like one of the worst know. worst rated corners in the league. That's good. Good to see. So I'm like, maybe, maybe Ryan Pace is having a little whiskey to that going, hmm, I was right. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham looks a little better now than he uh, did a week ago. I mean, I think it was just, uh, it's, it's all the scheme, right? Because he plays so far behind and lets receivers, you know, I mean, because until Khalil Mack came, remember, he was, he was having a rough time. And I mean, dude, it's, it was kind of nice seeing Jimmy Graham get in the running game. Yeah, that's why. That was awesome. Man, That's he probably hasn't football. thrown a block since college, but look at him go. Just to see his reaction, like, damn, that felt good. I can do this. I am a large man. Oh, All right. Well, I think that I think that wraps up episode 18. What do you think? Yeah. Wrap it up. A little long one, but hey, that's that's episode eighteen of the yeah, Team Bear Sports when Podcast. You, when you have a, 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 a you know a playoff loss, you got to have to dissect it. You know. It's it's yeah. Packer week. It's, Packer, it's week. Packer week. You know, enough said. It's. I don't want to feel like Charlie Brown on Sunday night, but. We'll see. Thank God it's not. I mean, I know the second one's a night game, but thank God this oh, one. Also, isn't. that's another thing I hate. That's another thing I hate. How come Green Bay always gets the night game in the middle of the winter on NBC? I hate that. Why can't we get that? Because that's another thing that the Packers get that we don't. They get. Such a home field advantage. That, that's oh, fuck them. Refs in their pocket. I mean, I mean, it was going to be this one because it might be his last one. Well, let's spoil both of them, boys. What do we say? I like Bear it. down, babe. Hey, the Gale Sayers jersey I've been wearing the past two weeks is two and zero. Oh. Got to keep it rolling. Wear it, baby. Oh, baby. Wear it loud and proud. Don't wash it. Just wear it. Stink it. I up. have not washed it. Had a boy. 
All right, well, that's episode 18 of the Team Bear Sports Podcast. You can catch a podcast on any podcasting platform, Spotify, Podcast, Apple Podcasts, whatever you like. Let's have the Bears beat the Packers and bear down, baby. Bear down. Bear down. Let's go, Bears. Thank you, thank you, and go Bears!